Hi, George. Thank you for joining us today for the podcast. Thank you. I hope you're doing well. Thank you. And uh, I hope, um, you know, you're as excited as I am about this opportunity to speak with you. Uh, since there's still quite a bit of room for education on the general topic of supply diversity. And if I may, I'd like to sort of go into um, a first definition, really, of what supply diversity is, since sometimes it's being confused with workforce uh, diversity, which you and I know, and many of our, our listeners, is, of course, quite different. So in your, from your perspective, what do you think uh, is best um, described? You know, how can we best describe supply diversity? Well, let's start with the basic definition. What is supply diversity? Supplier diversity is ensuring that you have a supplier base within your company that includes diverse businesses, minority-owned, women-owned, veteran-owned, LGBT-owned, and a few other categories to ensure no one is left out of the spend opportunities. These are among the fastest-growing businesses in the U.S. economy and would be foolish to ignore. Uh, one of the starting points for supplier diversity was back in 1969 with the creation of the Minority Business Development Agency. This was established by President Richard Nixon with his executive order 11458, very famous for supplier diversity. And this was in recognition and a response to the civil unrest and the economic challenges seen in the late 60s. That began, began the process of considering suppliers based upon their demographics, and it gave companies a required goal, a spend goal for who you spend your money with. However, corporations recognize that this would take supplier diversity only so far. I mean, you establish a target, well, you're just shooting for that small target. And so in the early 70s, what came into being was the National Minority Supplier Development Council. Mm -hmm. And then in 1997, the Women's Business Enterprise National Council. These were created for the development and advocacy of minority-owned and, for WeBank, the women-owned businesses. Uh, at the beginning, the supplier diversity corporations were just playing defense, making supplier diversity part of their marketing organizations, recognizing success came from where the company focus was strongest, they place supplier diversity more on the procurement side of the business, where you're reporting to the CPOs and the CFOs of the corporation. So strategy went from being solely a visibility concern to how we could drive improve, improvements in the supply chain. Mm -hmm. Now, supplier diversity still remains important to how corporations viewed externally, but success now in supplier diversity, it really comes from internalizing the effort, merging it into the DNA of the business in more than just one little area of the company. So supplier diversity ensures that you've looked at all possible suppliers instead of the same incumbent suppliers that you've had and that you've engaged with parts of our community normally passed over. This is important because it's meant to improve our business performance and improve our economy as a whole. Mm -hmm. So would you say, uh, because some people would say, oh, it's what started in the you know, 60s, 70s, it's no longer relevant. How do you see the relevance in today's economy? 
I see the relevance in that the uh, procurement opportunities are always changing and the strategies, the sourcing strategies for our corporations are always moving forward. I think the, the advantages of having a diverse supplier base uh, continue to be uh, strong. Uh, I've been involved since before I knew that it had a name, supplier diversity. Uh, I, I started active engagement in supplier diversity back in the early 90s when I was a buyer. My responsibility was always to open up better ways to get the job done, better pricing, better service, better delivery, recognizing that finding a ready and eager list of companies that existed, hungry and willing to be the challenger to our incumbent suppliers, that was gold to me. Mm-hmm. And a different set of views brings innovative ideas and skills unique to their particular areas. So uh, I was always personally interested in strengthening our supply base. And I think that's the same it is today with all my colleagues in procurement and in supply adversity. Yeah, and I would argue, you know, with the um, changing demographics across the country, right, uh, that is reflected in the supplier base, right? Uh, I mean, the easy example I always think is if you're in the consumer space, don't you want your company to look like your customers, right? I would argue that's obviously true also for B2B, but it's it's much more visible, shall we say, easily understood in the consumer space, right? Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are so many good reasons why supplier diversity is important. I mean, the value proposition, one may work well for you and another for someone else, I mean, it benefits our customers' needs for a diverse supplier base. It benefits my company's needs to be working in the same community that our employees are from. Very important. Yeah, thank you for for that. I I think uh, I I couldn't agree um, more uh, with you. Do you um, have some examples maybe or that you can speak to as to what best practices are in, in supply diversity in these days? There are a lot of corporations who've helped me uh, and in there are a lot of corporations that have helped me in the beginning and continue to stand out as benchmark examples for supplier diversity excellence. Uh, I think that uh, you can look in any number of the industries available uh, and you'll find great examples. For me, it's in AT&T and IBM and I mention that because each have been ensuring supplier diversity within their supply chain for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. They made it part of their they made it part of their DNA rather than considering it as an attached program to their business operations. I, I also look at those companies acknowledged as a top corporation by uh, WeBank, the Women's Business Enterprise National Council, and those awarded by the NMSDC the National Minority Supplier Development Council is the rules that demonstrate excellence in supplier diversity efforts. Now, as I said, every industry has champion corporations that walk the walk and set the standards for successful, meaningful supplier diversity efforts. Well, might I mention in this context, uh, and we can find it in your bio, of course, that of course you were recognized also as a he for she's, right? Um, one of the awards that you got, I think the Clarion Award? Uh, that's right. I was recognized as a he for she by WeBank uh, a few years ago now, but that was very exciting. And uh, also the NMSDC 
recognized me with the uh, Clarion Award uh, during their Leadership Awards dinner uh, in, uh, what was that? That was back in 2016. <laughs> A little bit ago, yes. But uh, <laughs> uh, still counts. And I guess I'm, I'm pointing to that because uh, you obviously are in the company of very established advocates for supply diversity, right? If we can frame it that way. And the conversation, you know, we had caught in San Francisco, as you uh, know. Answer that question. Sorry, go ahead. Could you ask that question again? It was, yeah, ask that question again. It was breaking up, so I wasn't sure what you're asking. Yes, so I'm, I'm, leading, I'm leading to the question. Um, so the reason I uh, wanted to mention your awards is that you're obviously in the company of, of uh, corporations and entities that are really truly advocates for supplier diversity, right? And as such can set uh, trends, if you will, right? They can help shape the vision for supplier diversity. Can you kind of speak to how supply diversity has changed maybe over the last five years? Certainly, yes. I've been involved in supplier diversity uh, throughout many changes in its focus in uh, corporate America, as well as the global economy. Uh, I think that uh, what we need to do is look at some of the changes right now uh, where we're looking at sustainability and corporate social responsibility merging together with our supplier diversity efforts. And this is not necessarily a bad thing uh, in that the efforts for sustainable supply chain work well with ensuring a diverse supplier base. Uh, where it becomes ineffective is when this is a decision made to avoid headcount and forces the people involved to spread themselves even thinner than they were. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the effectiveness of both efforts becomes weakened and the program's profile diminishes within the company. When it's used properly, it can be a very strong part of your business. Mm -hmm. Now, effort, there are also efforts to merge with diversity and inclusion, the DNI organizations. Right. Uh, it tends to be cataloged in the human resources organization, mm -hmm. and it's separate from where the business spends the money. Uh, the most successful supplier diversity efforts are when it becomes part of the supply chain. Sourcing improvement opportunities then become your driving force. However, however, I would never tell a person to cut themselves off from where the power in the business resides. Is it in finance? Is it in human resources or marketing? You go where you get the most support for your supply diversity efforts. We have to recognize that each company is different. Each company's dynamics are unique. Mm -hmm. Which brings me, you know, you mentioned supply chain uh, management, and that has evolved too, right, over the last so many years. Mm -hmm. uh, we're global, uh, technology-driven, digital, all of that. How do you feel... That has the, the whole development there in that area, uh, you know, has sort of shifted what supply diversity means uh, within a corporation or company like yours. Right. Well, supply chain dynamics continue to change. I think the biggest difference that affected supply diversity was uh, even just a few, a few years ago, the effort that bundled contracts and shrunk the supplier base. Um, 
the uh, less opportunities were available for suppliers, right. especially fewer for the newer, smaller businesses. And that's one reason why the major corporations put so much effort into their tier two programs. Tier two programs are when the major corporation is looking at its suppliers, its prime suppliers saying, you too must have a supplier diversity effort and you must report your results to me. That becomes tier two to the major corporation. Now the supplier, so the suppliers who gained those larger bundled contracts had the responsibility of supplier diversity for those contracts. And this has had varied success. Some of the suppliers took up the mantle of supplier diversity and joined in the program. Others paid little attention once they received that signed contract and they just moved on. Mm -hmm. well, it's up to the major corporation, the corporation that provides that contract to audit the results and make supplier diversity portion of the contract have teeth. Yeah, and now, I think maybe, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. That's all right. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say from my vantage point, right, we're certified WBE and I, I'm obviously familiar with lots of WBEs as well as diverse businesses, uh, MBEs and alike. Um, I think there's none of us that says we don't want to do a tier two, you know, follow on a, a, two, a tier two um, contract opportunity. It is a little under, uh, misunderstood maybe or not, uh, we're not educated enough on it possibly, right? And then, of mm -hmm. course, sometimes yeah. there's a difficulty to know who's the prime, right? So you could actually get in touch with the prime. So there's maybe, you know, for all of us on the on the supplier side, uh, it's a moving target in some ways, if I may say it that way, right? And, and that's with uh, yeah. much respect, obviously, for the prime um, contractors because they're busy and they, they focus on delivering what they promised they would, right? Um, do you have any recommendations for um, diverse businesses as to how they could possibly pursue the tier two opportunities more effectively? You are correct. It is a very big challenge that uh, the diverse suppliers face in trying to break into that tiered level of supplier diversity. The onus may be on the prime supplier who gains the contract because it's in their contract. Mm -hmm. And we look for those corporations that are actively engaged in supplier diversity. Uh, my colleagues uh, in uh, the technology industry and in the automotive industry, we all work towards moving those prime suppliers further and further into supplier diversity engagement. The onus really goes back to the company that gave that large contract to the prime supplier, they have to make those prime suppliers available. And they do. They often have these uh, matchmaking events and other events where they connect the diverse suppliers with their prime suppliers, giving them the opportunity to talk about business and whether there are opportunities to be had. I think that uh, it's very important that uh, we work together, the prime suppliers and the major corporations, to bring those opportunities out to the diverse suppliers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. That would be obviously appreciated, shall we say, from my management. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> uh, and and there's obviously um, also work to be done by all of us, right? As diversifiers, you know, we need to do our homework, we need to market, we need to reach out, right? And I would just, if I may pitch for a second, I, I'm sure you agree, WeBank and the Supply Diversity Council, right? Very good platforms to get involved um, and, and to learn more about this, this subject matter. Um, oh, absolutely. I think it's very important. If I may, just to, to go back one more time to globalization, how do you feel that this A has changed the role of supply diversity, but also does it require different skill sets now from folks in your position? Well, we're very much a global economy, certainly, and the relationship between supply chain efforts and supply diversity are even more important to understand. Spend opportunities now offshore or nearshore changes the availability of contracts for diverse suppliers located in our country. We're faced with a difficult situation. The companies in other areas of the world may have a different set of business dynamics to consider, and our corporations pushing them to ensure a diverse supplier base falls mostly on deaf ears, Mm -hmm. so they may be very proper and professional about it. This has been tried in the past. Efforts to engage the major contract manufacturers We're not successful, even after several years of meetings and Mm -hmm. engagement at different levels of management. Now, the next effort was to develop supplier diversity around the world. Countries with significant minority populations and women business efforts would be opportunities for corporations to spread supplier diversity. And in some cases, governments were more involved as well to develop the councils. So councils could help businesses compete successfully places like Canada, China, Australia, the UK, areas of the EU, parts of the world starting to develop their supplier diversity efforts. Right. Now, it's important. It's important for us to recognize each area of the world has a unique history and a unique set of circumstances of business development. Mm-hmm. And they will be different from what we're used to here in our part of the world. Not only that, but they're new to the effort. Right. Supply diversity has been developing in the United States for 50 years. We have a great deal of experience, good and bad, which has allowed us to reach the level we are today. Plus, you know, I would say um, just briefly, you know, what we call a diverse firm would have a different profile in certain other countries, right? Um, right, right. Because of their demographic makeup. So it's definitely mm-hmm. a complex issue, I, I would say, right, to navigate that. Um, mm-hmm. That's absolutely correct. I think that uh, we have to keep our mind open to uh, the differences and work on understanding those differences so that uh, with the diverse suppliers, for instance, in uh, the United States, they should be recognizing the specific needs of Canada. Canada is not too far away all, and they have a very engaged uh, women Business Enterprise uh, Council, as well as uh, the Canadian Aboriginal Minority Supplier Council. Mm-hmm. Very good organizations uh, that understand that we are just across each other's border and there's a lot of business transpiring back and forth. Right. Yeah, I mean, we have a Toronto uh, location, so I'm uh, familiar with that, and I can only embrace what you just said, right? Um, that's, that's certainly true. Uh, if I may, because, again, one, you know, our headquarters being sort of next to Silicon Valley, if you will, 
how can startups and we, you know there's the the whole range right the early stage the two engineers that have a great idea that get started to all the way to you know the the, the big alphabet group let's say right um, I don't mm-hmm. know if we call them startups anymore because they're so established but <laughs> at some point so in in terms of startups and tech companies in particular what could they do what are sort of some of the tips that you could provide as to how they could get started how they can approach this topic because they've you know gotten Um, some pushback as to not being uh, in tune enough, maybe the smaller ones um, uh, more so. Um, What can be done? Well, it's a challenge for any small company to break into a business once they become large. We look at Silicon Valley and tech industry there. uh, What is new is now old. Uh, They are now... uh, major organizations structured such that they know what they like best. I think that uh, the supplier diversity efforts there are uh, still working, still developing. Mm-hmm. They understand that their company was built from being an entrepreneur, from being a couple of people in a garage or somebody just thinking about an app. They're looking for that type of company out there. And they're hard to find because you've got everybody trying to say that they've got the latest, the greatest, the best. And what, what I try to recommend to, uh, to businesses is be patient, be politely persistent when you're contacting these people, but be patient. And you've got to understand their business more than they do. Understand where the technology is heading. Even for a company like mine, ETDI, Communications Test Design, we're looking downstream. What is our customer going towards? We want to know what they're doing. We don't want to be the best at what exists now. We want to be the best at what is it going to exist five, 10 years from now. Right. And, And it's very difficult because the product life cycle is short. Uh, due to customers' cravings for the latest and greatest product. Technology is especially challenging. Suppliers got to develop those skills to be ready before that skill, that service, that part is even required. But they must be in the design phase or at least part of the discussion when bids are even released. Uh, the, The relationship between procurement and supplier diversity is crucial because of the way the product planning cycle is starting so early in the process. Marketing, engineering, manufacturing, procurement, they all have their say at the beginning of the project. And unless supplier diversity is part of that planning process, the opportunities won't exist for the diverse suppliers looking to become part of the program. Take a look at the automotive industry. What we're going to be driving five years from now is already off the drawing board and into the supply chain planning stage. So, which is, I I think, I I want to believe, and I think we all have seen examples of how the larger tech companies are, you know, really... Um, adopting supplier diversity, right? They they beginning to implement. Mm-hmm. Some of them actually have very robust, um, you know, programs for a startup that's looking at this as you know, um, to, you know, to implement. What would you say is what are some of the, maybe three things they can do to start a program? How should they go about it? How should the uh, diverse supplier 
get involved? How, how would or they how be, should no, the, the startup itself. So let's say it's a, a small app company, something, right? Um, they're obviously mm-hmm. sourcing goods and services, right? So how would you, what would mm-hmm. you think uh, they could do, right? Even on a small scale to develop their supplier diversity? Is it a measure? Is it really about measuring what they're doing already? Where do you think is sort of the starting point for them? Right. Uh, The starting point for them is to participate in a council. Uh, It it could be the national, it could be a regional council, but this is where you're going to learn from others who Mm -hmm. have been in the same position you have been for for a number of years uh, with with my personal experience, we joined a regional council, and then we went to the national council, recognizing that our customers were in that national council. And from there, I was able to to learn. I was able to be provided benchmarking information. Uh, we share experiences. It's what we call R&D, rip off and duplicate. You're looking to see what is out there successful, and then you bring in what will work in your organization. Uh, Looking uh, at your supplier base is very informative because then you have an understanding of, well, am I already at a certain point where I'm lucky that I have diverse suppliers and lucky only because uh, we've, we've not pursued that in that corporation. Mm-hmm. But it's very important to understand, first of all, who you can get help from and then understand who in your supplier base is a diverse supplier. Uh, and I always recommend make sure that you use certifications uh, since you do not want to be called on the carpet later for using a an RD or a woman-owned business that actually is not owned, operated, and controlled by that individual. So it's right. a very important stage when you start to count your numbers to use certifications. Yeah, that's actually a very good point because, you know, I, I think you have on, been on a certification committee for, uh, mm-hmm. was it WeBank East, I think, possibly? Um, and that's I- right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've done it out here for, for the California RPO, right? And not everything is what we think it is, right? So I, one of right. things I, I really appreciate about the certifications is that they actually uh, have substance, right? They're verified mm-hmm. and that's a, you know, an ongoing activity. Um, so I think that's, that's sort of where we can distinguish between we say it is and it actually is, right? Um, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And definitely, definitely you want to use the network of other corporations. They want to help. They really want to uh, move supplier diversity uh, into the, to all areas of the industry. And that's why I always suggest joining one of the industry groups of the National Minority Supplier Development Council, because there you're going to sit with your peers mm-hmm. in the industry who are willing to share best practices and ideas on how to make it successful within your company. Uh, you take what works elsewhere, adapt it to how it might work in your corpor- in your situation, your corporation. Uh-huh. Uh, if you are a smaller business and joining the national council is not uh, in the budget, join and participate in a regional council. Then you're going to meet similar corporations uh, that are a size – 
but may have gone through the similar growing pains that you're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great suggestion and um, maybe often overlooked, right? Because maybe uh, the thought mm-hmm. part of the startup uh, person, the undesignated person is that they, they're not big enough, it's not the right time, all of that. But in fact, I would argue that, um, like you said, uh, the members are absolutely well right and point you in the right direction no matter the size of the company right that's correct that's correct uh, we want everyone to be successful in supply diversity uh, you, even companies that may be in uh, competition with one another when it comes to supply diversity we want everybody to be successful mm-hmm. all right i think that's the perfect way to to sort of close out our conversation is there anything that you feel like we've overlooked maybe um resources we can point to other than the council and we bank um any final words on your part well i think that uh supplier diversity be to be real successful should be an effort to improve your corporate sourcing and strengthening business in our country it helps to drive improvements in our communities and there's no single answer as to the why or how for supplier diversity, there are as many answers as businesses where we work. So look for what's successful and see if it'll fit your company. Adapt and you'll find supplier diversity can be can be a, an advantage for your company. All right, then I think with that, we'll uh, leave it for today. Uh, thank you so much for making time in your very hectic schedule. Uh, maybe I'll see you at WeBank National or some other opportunity and um, we'll make mm-hmm. sure to um, highlight uh, further information about you on our website. So for today, let me thank you again and have a great rest of the day. Thank you. It's a pleasure. And I'm always looking to meet others who would like uh, more information on supplier diversity. All right. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. And I'll see, Bye. I'll see you in Baltimore. <laughs> see you in Baltimore. Exactly. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of On The Wire. Please send your questions to service at artemia.com. And for additional podcasts or our blogs, please visit www.artemia.com. Thank you for listening. And this is Barbara Wickman signing off.